Hi, it's Runchex, and my guest this week was James from OP Poker. He's a poker Twitch streamer and Poker Stars ambassador. His is a fascinating story we can all learn from. What he did is basically find a niche for himself, created his own opportunity, and capitalized on it. At OP Poker, they're trying out all the new games that Poker Stars offer, well, most of them anyway, and James shares his tips and tricks on how to play these games. And he also has an exciting bankroll challenge ongoing, so check out their channel. We covered so many topics in this conversation, ranging from how James got into streaming business, what's his approach to learning new games, what are the risks to the online poker, and how poker sites tackle the bot problem, security, etc, etc. We also talk at length about solvers, and there's so much more. As always, we have the timestamps in the description, and I want to remind you that I have recently launched a newsletter, so make sure to subscribe to it if you're interested in receiving my takeaways from each episode and some other cool stuff. And now, enjoy. And we're live. All awesome. Right. James. Chat. Yeah, James, hi. Who are the early birds then? Who got any early birds? Yeah, we had some, and we had a little mix-up. Obviously, first I started without, uh, you know, displaying the countdown screen. Instead, I was displaying you, and people thought that there's no audio. Uh, it's just fitting, you know. This is the last yeah. time I'm doing it live. I did it yeah. only 25 times, so clearly I didn't learn <laughs> from my experience. So here you have it. Um, anyway, awesome, great to have you here uh, today. You. Basically, I want to talk about uh, Twitch as much as possible because you know okay. you obviously have a lot of experience um, in the community um, yep. and yeah I just I'm curious to pick your brain and uh, learn from you and, it's almost um, been two years two years since I started Twitch two years awesome which in the in the online world in Twitch that's a that's a long time right oh yeah <laughs> yeah so. so let's start with the most important question for me okay what yeah. is OP poker? What does it stand for? Okay. All right. Uh, about, let's say, five or six years ago, I heard in the rumor mill that PokerStars was going to try and create a, a kind of hybrid between a computer game and poker. It was like a rumor going on. And as soon as I heard that idea, I was like, this is the way that gambling is going to go in the future. It's going to be gamified, but it's still going to have skill elements like poker, but it's got enough RNG. And I was like, this is definitely the way things are going to go. So at the time, I was playing Heads Up Cash professionally, um, mostly on, on Stars and, um, well, lots of sites, actually but most of my action was on stars. Um, and I kind of forgot about it after about a year or two. Uh, then another like article came out saying, basically hinting that the idea that it's, it's coming close to fruition. Um, and me and a friend of mine uh, really got into um, a card game called Hearthstone, which is like a strategy mm -hmm. kind of card game. Um, the only reason I got into that card game was because I was looking at, I was just looking at how that mechanic could be used alongside poker to, to create a new type form of gambling, basically. So I got, I ended up getting pretty good at that game. I got like 
the highest rank you can get on there, which is legend rank. And after that, I just quit. And then this game called Power Up was released on Pokestars. And as soon as it came out, a, f a friend of mine, who is also the co-founder of OP Poker, he's currently on the Pokestars Twitch channel right now um, doing EPT Retro. But uh, he is... He were, was looking to uh, start streaming poker. How? Oh, let me. T <laughs> I'm just as bad as you. Hang on. Mm. There we go. Uh, he was he was looking to get into Twitch. Um, he wanted to create either a talk show, kind of similar to what we were doing here, or something like that. He really was determined to get involved in that, and I took that game launch and say I said basically I think we should make um a, basically a fan site slash resource site for this game because i thought it would this it was worth the risk to take because i thought like if we if we hit the right thing oh, i haven't I, I thought i turned it off i did not <laughs> <laughs> i feel so much go. better already about my earlier mix-up because <laughs> you know <laughs> you've yeah. been doing it like you were saying 12 12 hours a day sometimes you know yeah yeah so, learning curve huh? <laughs> yeah uh so yeah we we were both um looking to to get in from a diff from a not like from a poker sphere we were both playing uh professionally um and but he wanted to go into the world of twitch and i really wanted to see the, the direction that poker was going that game came out, and as soon as it came out, I started doing um, strategy articles for how, the, how to play the game. I was doing strategy vid videos, and he was on Twitch uh, playing the game. Now, obviously, when you're promoting a newly released game, PokerStars is going to notice that fairly quickly. Um, we kind of knew that that would probably be the case as well. That, that helps. Uh, and they quickly came to us asking if they could help in any way um, with getting our message out there in certain ways. Uh, we ended up going to the Isle of Man to see them, and they basically proposed for us to, to help promote the game uh, mutually to become ambassadors for this game. Um, did you ever manage to see or play the game Power Up while it was around? Power up? No, I remember I've seen the promos for it, some mm -hmm. emails. Um, yeah, sounded great. But you know, I I'm always just focused on my one thing. Yeah, and then if I want to look for some fun, I would play mixed games. That's that's about yeah. as much into yeah. fun zone of poker where I dwell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Helps, uh, um, yeah. Overall, I would say Power Up failed in its mission. Uh, but I don't think it's the last you'll see of that attempt of merging poker with gamification. Mm -hmm. um, overall, it, was, it didn't do so well. The main problem with it was the skill gap was too high. So I know a lot of people, um, when they saw Power Up, thought, um, this is too RNG-based. This is, uh, Ike Haxton called it circus poker. Mm -hmm. It was actually the complete opposite was the problem. Every the the regs were winning at such a ridiculous win rate that it was kind of killing off the ecosystem too fast. Um, 
if you are if you're new to the game you just got completely punished so yeah that's the main reason why it didn't work to be honest mm. interesting but we we got into this uh trying to create a fan and site and then kind of i was looking at the more educational content and nick the other guy who's on the pokestars channel right now he is he was looking at more the entertainment side and whatnot mm -hmm. now when pokestars reached out to us they wanted us to focus more on the entertainment side of things which is something that i never even thought about in my head to as something i'd want to do um, but I was kind of coerced into it by Nick. Um, there was a lot of, uh, back and forth. I was thinking, oh, I'll just drop the project. I'll let Nick handle it. Um, but he managed to get me to, to try it out. So the only reason that I'm on Twitch is because I was paid to do it. That's the, the way I started with Twitch. So it's a little bit different to most of the people on Twitch. Most people did it out of the love of I, I, the love of broadcasting, the love of chat, chatting to friends. Um, I don't know. I did it. I did it for the money, but um, it turns out that I enjoyed it. I, I can't say that I'm the best at it, but enjoyment means that you're much more able to get better at it, right? So that that is the most important thing. So I've mm. ke I've kept at it. Um, the OP poker. Now, the, this it's a would I say play on words? So OP in gaming, uh, so away from poker, is a term used especially in things like card games or shooting games. It means overpowered. So if they've made a game, uh, made an item in the game or a mechanic in the game that is just so much better than anything else, then the then the players call it OP. This is just too OP. Um, so we just used a play on words for our brand name. We decided to focus more on having a brand because the longevity of it is is better than a personal brand. I'm sure Bluff the Spot understands that as well yeah. as us. Um, it means that if if me or Nick did ever decide we want to drop out, there is still some value to it, right? Yeah, of course. Um, makes sense. We we went in a different direction to a lot of the other streamers who are promoting their own personal brand. You know, so mm -hmm. um, yeah. From that point, uh, we were into Power Up. Uh, then Power Up was dropped, but some new games were created uh, that I was also very keen on uh, trying out. So myself and Nick played those as well and we ended up being the people where if new stuff if new stuff came out on pokestars we would be the ones playing it and it turned it into like a pretty useful um mutually beneficial for both pokestars and us because back when um power up was released and the other ambassadors were asked to play it they got a lot of heat from their own chat, their own followers, saying, oh, you're only playing this for the money. Yeah. You could tell that they weren't really playing because they wanted to play. They were playing because um, 
they were suggested to play, right? Mm. Um, now, luckily for me and Nick, we were playing because we really like the game. You can tell when someone is liking the game because you're you're going you're breaking down the structure of it. You're trying to analyze how to play it, or you're just going crazy and you're playing lots. And we were doing both, so it was good for stars in that they're bringing out new stuff and we're effectively promoting it. So we ended up carrying on as OB Poker, even though Power Up was discontinued. And um, recently, we've both been playing pretty much all the new games that, that PokerStars brings out and doing pretty well at them. Like the, the good thing about how we've been doing is that we end up, for most of these games, we're, we ended up to be top five, top 10 players for each of the games. So it, it gives us a bit of credibility. If you end up being one of the top players for every single new game that comes out, that, that you, you, the credibility that comes with that, the fact that if someone starts dissing a, the game, saying it's luck-based, and I just pull out that I've been winning at 40 BB per 100 and just show the graph on Twitter, that kind of like kills the conversation, right? You can't just say, well, this is, luck by this is luck based if you have that sort of win rate that's just like you just you just can't do it over a sample of 20 plus thousand hands it's just not possible mm. right yeah so yeah that's that's pretty much what's going on at op poker right very now, interesting myself, you know yeah personally, go, go ahead um as soon as i started streaming on Twitch, I decided to do a challenge for myself. I thought that the best way in order to, um, to give a narrative for people to come back is to see my bankroll grow. So I decided to take a bankroll of $30 and see if I can get it to 1000 playing the new game that came out power up, which I did. Um, it took about six months. It took a lot longer than <laughs> I was expecting. Um, that's because mostly I had to one table on stream, which I, I think you, as as a grinder yourself, one tabling, it's going to take a long time. Right, oh, yeah. To back um, and then I decided to go from that 1K, I decided to up the bankroll challenge to 30,000. So now I'm trying to go from $30 up to 30,000. And I'm really close now. So a lot of the chat would know I'm at like 28,500. So really close to finishing that. How uh, long did this take so far? Um, how, how many months in are you? Uh, so started with the, my first stream was almost two years ago. Two almost years. two years. Hmm. Uh, and the majority of this challenge has been streamed on Twitch and um, I do have to share the stream with, uh, two other people. So Nick, the guy who I told you about mm -hmm. and Ava, who we can talk about later. Sure. Um, so although it's not that, that impressive to get that amount of earnings, the, the fact of the matter is that I'm doing it on Twitch and I'm not playing anywhere near as many tables nowhere nowhere near as much as i was when i was playing professionally at all 
So if you look at the win rate, it's still it's still pretty respectable. Um, but I do get people in chat just saying oh, that's 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 ridiculous. Like sort your life out, <laughs> which is <laughs> a bit irking because mm. at least as a heads up player, you can just say heads up for rolls, and then they kind of quieten down a bit. But <laughs> that's the good thing about being an ex heads up player. Yeah, I think we played a few times as well. We could have, yeah. Um, heads up, no limit. Like I don't know, eight years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Eight years ago, we could have. Um, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, about year, eight years ago, still playing some uh, No Limit Hold'em for sure. I mean, I still no, you... play occasionally. Uh, uh -huh. My most recent endeavor in No Limit Hold'em was completely accidental. I jumped in on the table. I was like, "Oh man, I don't know. Nobody's marked." <laughs> New players, fantastic! Five five yeah. recreationals, let's go! And yeah. then, uh, so I wait till my big blind. I get dealt in two cards. Shit! <laughs> I was all in in the first hand of the orbit as well. That was that was ridiculous. A five k table. Okay. Um, so that was that was fun. <laughs> Hope it went well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it went well. I won the all in, and I, then I was head scratching, and I sent the message to all my friends, like, "What did?" this guy play like how how did he did he misplay his hand or am i a complete mm -hmm. noob and uh, it was yeah. weird <laughs> anyway yeah but listen so many things i want to ask you about this because um what i find interesting about your story is that you found a niche yeah. and more so not only that you found the niche you I, I like the you know how you describe that you basically you guys decided you're gonna stream the new games and you knew mm -hmm. that poker stars is gonna approach you which is yeah. very different to to an approach that many other people who get into streaming uh, very different because yeah. they they basically try to approach it from the other end of first seeking somebody who's gonna um, help them promote it, uh, whereas you basically created a product that you knew that the poker site is gonna be interested in. Uh, I find mm -hmm. it very interesting because. Again, it's like uncommon, I think, or maybe I'm wrong, but at least I haven't heard many stories like that before. In, uh, it's in very deliberate. Yeah, yeah. And plus yeah, you I identified mean, the sort of area that they're definitely going to be interested in, Yeah, the new games. Well, I mean, it was an area that we were both interested in, and hmm. I still think in the future, um, if I'm ever going to just stop playing poker completely, I think it will be because I've either got invested into a, a a new game that it has poker like elements mm -hmm. or i am literally creating it myself if people don't spot this gap in the market that's right there right now right um like to me it's pretty obvious that with with poker um right now the the age range of people who are playing poker is like bare minimum 25 most of the time Right. So when I was when I got into poker, I was like 18, maybe even 17. Um, and everyone around my age was looking at poker. Nowadays, those that age group, they're not they're not at all. They're more looking at things like Fortnite. They're more looking at just just a different different type of game, different genre or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I am damn sure that. The there will be a game that someone will create a hope a hope i'm going to be in that sphere of people 
where you you have a, a game like poker, but it's much more gamified. It has enough RNG for people to wager money on it, but not too much where there's no skill. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure in the next 10, 15 years that that will be the new boom for, for um, gambling, especially gambling online. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how much yeah. do you think regulations are going to influence whether that's mm-hmm. going to happen or not? Yeah, I mean, so with Power Up, for example, there were so many new mechanics that were added that um, required a lot of regulations to um, to be a- approved and applied and all that stuff. Um, there was a power called uh, X-Ray, which you could use in Power Up, where you could you expose one of your opponent's hole cards, and that was not allowed in spain i think Hmm. so spain couldn't have that power whereas everyone else had it um so it meant that spanish people definitely couldn't play with with the others because they would have completely different power cards Hmm. um so yeah it's it would be an issue but i would presume that the first way that people will get around it would be stuff like crypto so that it's not you're not really playing for for monetary value, I would presume. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many unknowns. Uh, I've been thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, where is the direction that poker is going? And it's yeah. hard, hard to say. I mean, I am still confident that the game as we know it today, it's still yeah. going to be there. It's here to stay. Yeah. People are still going to be playing uh, both online mm-hmm. and live. But uh, yeah. there's definitely side projects that are coming out of it you know like like the gamification aspect of course uh is definitely also coming and is going to be here to stay yeah yeah i I think that uh, a lot of like small experimentation has has gone on recently with how to uh keep the game evolving um i know that pokerstars and other sites have tried uh adding antis to cash games um, there's been things like splash the pots, um, and they haven't had any success. But they they're clearly trying out because they're worried about the solvic solvification. Is that that's probably not a word? Is <laughs> well, it? it's if it's a new word, it's a pretty cool <laughs> word. Yeah, I like it. Solvification. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're if you're adding slight complexities to it, like variate vari- variable antes. Mm-hmm. it means that you can't rely on it however you see nowadays all the regs can't live without it anymore if you start adding that that sort of stuff to it the game doesn't run um mm. case in point on that was uh for three four months ago pokerstars brought out a game called deep water did you see that one no i missed it okay so I'll, it? I'll tell you how the how deep water ran um you had a small blind, a big blind, and a giant blind. So basically always a straddle pot. Mm-hmm. And the uh, every pot also had an ante, and that ante varied in size depending on if the pot before it went to showdown or not. All right. And it played like No Limit Hold'em. So it was basically a, just a normal No Limit Hold'em cash game with um, a new blind structure and antes that 
are going to be different every hand. Now, on paper, to me and all the uh, ambassadors and everything, when we heard about it, we were like, oh man, this is going to be great. People are going to love this. Like all the stick that, that Pugstars has been getting over these apparently non-skillful games. This one is obvious. It's obvious. Like you're playing deeper stacked. You got variable antis. You're going to like stop people just being able to use a solver and figure it out. You have to figure it out yourself. It's like real poker again. Let's go. This is going to be great. It comes out. Um, and I think the highest game that I got to run was uh, 100 NL. Hmm. and most of the, there was hardly much running at all. And to be fair, I didn't like the game either. It was too much of a headache for me. I could only do one table at a time. Mm-hmm. Like The ante is changing every single time. The difference in the pot keeps changing depending on how many players are there, and everyone's got weird different stack sizes, and the, it's it was all so new and so hard to figure out. It just gives you a headache after about... 30 40 minutes <laughs> so right i want to so i understood where it, why it didn't go well well that's but. probably one of the main i i would probably you know could name a few other reasons that i could off the top of my head can imagine yeah. but yeah. i want to address this thing that you've mentioned solvification right and how many yeah. people are really afraid of solvers killing the game etc etc uh, yeah. first of all what's your personal opinion do you believe that's true that solvers are killing the game? That solvers are killing the game, yeah. That basically the game is, is becoming mechanic. I think that it's true that it's becoming a lot more me- mechanical, but um, it's just it's, it's changing the game rather than... Um, the game is still a game that you can still win at. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's no longer about forming your own opinions. It's more along the lines of inputting data and you, you need to understand how, how, the, how the solver is coming to the conclusions which it does. I mean, I know so many people that get completely the wrong ideas from what a solver is saying, right? They're just, they're going to lose more than if they'd never seen, <laughs> seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the way, the, the workaround to it, there will still be a lot of strategy in it. And I think the workaround that eventually a lot of the really, really good players will get into, um, especially in no limit rather than in pot limit games, is to start. Um, so when you, when you look on a solver like PO or Monker or whatever, you the game isn't, actually no limit hold'em it's more like fixed limit hold'em with three or four different bet sizes each street right Mm -hmm. um now the way that i think that in the future people will find more edge is that they'll purposefully remove some sizings from that tree and add new ones that people don't use to force um frequencies and strategies that that are so outside of the the book but mm-hmm. are still balanced um i don't know if you're understanding what i'm saying yeah so, yeah i understand okay. what you're sure. saying of course okay i think that's the kind of direction that people are going to go it's going to mm. become like a meta where 
okay, I'm going to learn how to use a limping or 3.5 Xing strategy in no limit pre-flop mm-hmm. for the next three months. And while I've got an edge there, I'm going to grind it out. And then once people start copying me or starting to learn how I'm playing, then I'm going to have to try something else, right? I think that's the kind of gen- mm. the, the way it's going to go. I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about this, though. I'm not sure how I feel about... Um, well, first of all, I, I'm not sure whether I believe it's true. Okay. Right? Because I well, think a lot of misconceptions um, in general in the world of poker about about solvers. And I think one of the mm-hmm. best examples that we can talk about, which is a public example, is uh, yeah. the Galphon Challenge, right? Which has yeah. been uh, obviously... You know, everybody, I hope everybody knows, I mean, unless you guys been living in a cave, you, you've at least heard that there's a Galphon challenge right now. Yeah. And um, I think famously, well, the first challenge when it started against Veni Vidi, yeah. a lot of people were saying, oh man, this is, this is a guy like a solver guy. This is just basically, yeah, just playing a solver. Maybe he's even, he's not even human, you know, which was obviously all complete nonsense and rubbish. Because when you analyze their game, when you see how they were playing, it's obvious that they're both adapting nonstop. And we're talking about the people at the pinnacle of the skill, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the top players. We see the same thing right now with Action Freak, right? And, you know, the games that I'm playing as well, like you see that Solver as a study tool, invaluable, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. But... um, complete reliance on it or that it actually takes out the human aspect of it i think it's rubbish it's not true because the when i see somebody really assume that they're playing close to gto yeah i can tell them with a pretty much a guarantee that they're delusional they're not anywhere close to gto you know there's some people who who might be getting a bit closer in no limit hold'em but even there because like you said you know this is a limited tree that they're solving so it's a subset of the game still obviously if you can execute perfectly the strategy with that limited tree you're you're having an advantage because your prep is better right but uh Mm -hmm. to me People who are trying to find ways by changing the games in such a way or changing, well, basically yeah, changing the games, you know, by adding the extra antis that you can't really predict and stuff, they're, they're sort of digging in the wrong direction because they're trying to make uh, a natural evolution of a sport mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just basically kill it. Because if we think about anything else, like chess, right? Yeah. You could have argued that when the computers as study tools came around for chess, so many people were saying, Jesus, this is just going to kill chess because now that's it. That's the checkmate for chess. The exact opposite happened because, first of all, the popularity uh, in many ways increased. The, The availability of the knowledge, it's so much easier now to become good at chess. Yep. Yet the levels have switched what it meant to be the top grandmaster some 100 years ago and what it is mm-hmm. now, this is like a completely different thing. We saw the same thing in golf as well with, when the nutrition came, when the physiotherapy came, when, uh, you know, nowadays with the technology as well, when they analyze the swing with the video. Yeah. Some argue, ah, oh, that killed the romanticism of the game. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, do you want to watch 
the game at the highest level it's what's humanly possible or do you want to just watch two guys uh you know play golf uh, while smoking cigars uh well fine <laughs> i mean this is not the same thing right you're asking the wrong person i know what i want to watch <laughs> right so to me the the fact that we have solvers that have the fact that we have all the tools it's a beautiful thing you know i love yeah. to study i love to approach the game very methodically and uh yeah but i'm not deluding myself or any of my students into thinking that somehow we will ever be able to copy a strategy that the solver presents especially in a, mm -hmm. in a game as complex as spot limit omaha for example right yeah plo you yeah yeah, yeah. you're you're uh, covered because of the amount of variables right yeah um i guess the only way you could you could you could get close would be if you're able to just node lock every spot but so that the, there is no mixed frequency, I guess. But the amount of if information you, like a, you would have to retain in your brain, right? Because obviously, when we talk if about you've got a photogrammic me memory, it might be possible. Wow. Yeah, but still, you know, it's it's not only about remembering things; it's also mm -hmm. how quickly you can incorporate the information you remember into your decision-making process. So this is mm -hmm. multifaceted. It's 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 a complex thing. Obviously, yeah. the risk is that uh, you know the bots. Obviously, everybody's talking about the bots and how dangerous that is, and, and they've been around, and they're obviously still there in the games, and that yeah. is a risk. But at the yeah. same time, that's a risk not only for online poker. Live poker has been suffering a lot from the technology, you know, because now yeah. marking cards, tracking cards, all that crap is, is so easy. And even yep. in some of the major casinos in, in Las Vegas, there were some stories, both publicly and privately, that you realized, oh, shit, you can't, can't really trust and really trust it anymore, right? So it's up to the companies to make the environment for us players as safe as possible. Yeah. And as far it's as I know, PokerStars is one of the companies that does the best job at it. Yeah. And, uh I don't know much about the other, I mean, I could name a few companies that I think are doing a completely miserable job at it, but I don't really want to point fingers. I had uh, some some bad experiences with bots. Um, yeah. That's another reason why I got into, into Power Up. Um, so I was playing, I started to play Heads Up Cash. Well, I was playing Heads Up Cash, but the game has kind of dried out. I never saw any problems with, with bots on Heads Up Cash uh, for No Limit. Never had that problem. Uh, and then I started sw switching into heads up hypers. So hypers are where you start about 25 big blinds deep on most sites. And uh, there I started seeing, occasionally I started questioning things. I started making some adjustments because I was damn sure this guy was a bot and it seemed mm -hmm. to work. Right. Uh, so, um, and it was great. Um, but then I started getting into spin and goes. I started playing on a site Winamax, and um, I was playing the hundred euro spin and goes there. And there was a guy that was on sixteen hours a day, twelve tabling. Absolutely, the, the only player I'd ever played against where I just could not figure out. I couldn't figure them out. It was the first mm -hmm. time I'd ever had that in my life. And I was like, what the bloody hell is this? So I started um, changing my hours around them so I don't have to play them. And then another player appeared in the exact hours that he doesn't play <laughs> that was just as good. And I was like, oh, my God, I must be getting old. This is terrible. Um, 
I ended up like doing a database analysis of both of them. I get shit out of it. Mm. So I ended up just being like, oh, I'll report them. <laughs> they, they have to be bots. They have to be bots. Anyway, every every day, day in, day out, they would win all of the volume leaderboards. They'll be the best player, whatever. Um, and Winamax didn't do anything about it for an entire year. And after a year, they'd taken at least a million out of the ecosystem, at least. And I was repaid 400 euros once they'd finally got rid of it because so many people were complaining about it. Mm. And um, it, it, at that point, it was clear as day that, that was, they were bots. Now, yeah. I feel like if, if people wanted to be a little bit more subtle about it, they could have got away with it for, for life on that site, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on, on stars, like we, we managed to go to the Isle of Man to chat to all the people, the developers of um, Power Up, and they were talking about the, the game integrity team. And they got like six, over 60 people dedicated to finding colluders and bots and stuff. Mm-hmm. The, like that is so, like people full time working on catching out colluders and bots. 60 people right that that is like something that hit home to me because um, i used to play loads and loads and loads of sites and now i'm when i'm getting older i'm getting much more conservative mm-hmm. and uh i'm realized that even though i had played on sites where my bb 100 was higher where um the game seemed softer where all this stuff the amount of stress that I got from number one, trying to win in the first place, number two, trying to cash out, <laughs> it was so not worth it that I've, uh, I've started to understand a lot more why the safety aspect is the first thing you should look at as a poker player, for sure. Yeah, safety, yeah. safety I, I completely agree with you on this one, especially like even beyond the cash out and the bot and the collusion. There's so many other small things that a lot of sites are just fucking up and let's i mean obviously perhaps i'm more free to talk about these things because i don't have a poker stars badge on my shirt right so i can say that of course poker stars also did their a lot of mistakes along the way but we have to realize like they're they're being targeted basically non-stop so out of all the sites as far as i know i don't see anybody doing a better job than they do and i you know at least for the high stakes environment I do feel safe. Maybe that's, you know, a false sense of security, but at least it seems like, you know, the ecosystem at the higher stakes community is pretty pretty well taken care of from, from yeah, the I think, start. I think that not just PokerStars are doing a better job, especially with the higher stakes stuff now. Yeah. I think. Which is, like, which is good to know because, you know what, they give us zero rake back. Mm-hmm. So at least, you know, if they need to upkeep this department of 60 people, well, fuck it. Yeah. I, I don't mind. Keep keep yeah. keep your rake, but at least make the game safe. Because this yeah. going forward is going to be a persistent problem because technologies improve, the solvers improve, the, I mean, man, the computers improve. So what is going to be possible six months from now, I can only imagine, right? Two years from now, three years from now. Right now we're mm-hmm. talking about, oh my God, you know, you can solve this uh, and that, yeah. you know, in PLO, for example. Three years ago, there was nothing, no solution, at least publicly. There were no public solvers available commercially. Um, you know, if we look like some five years from now, 
there's going to be so much more. But uh, yep. to me, it's a good thing. I want the technology to come in. I want to become better. I want to learn with these tools. I want to achieve the next level of what's possible, open up you know, my mind to new possibilities. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I, I wish that uh, the security is not compromised because that is going to be the biggest problem. You know, As yep. a poker player, if you can't trust the game, and I've played so many games where you know, it retrospectively, I made a bad judgment by, by playing yeah. there, you know, and yeah. I'm talking not only yeah. in the, about online poker, many live games as well, you know, where yeah. you retrospectively you realize like, yeah, what, what was I thinking? Like, of course, it's just, you're just a mark, you know, it's just the whole yeah. thing is based around you and a couple other guys. It's unfortunate, but it's part of the game. I mean, it's poker. People try to... There's always going to be bad actors in, in the mm-hmm. field. And there's always going to be somebody out there to get, you know, to play for a fool, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just how we, how we deal with it. And I, I understand what you're saying by as long as you don't change the... So um, when you're talking about, like, adding antis and forcibly mm-hmm. changing the rules of the game... Yeah. Doesn't sit well with you? No, because I think it's missing the yeah. point. You know, people want to mm-hmm. play the game that evolved naturally. I mean, Pot Limit Omaha hasn't been here for 600 years or something. You know, it evolved. People want to play it. It's a great game. And occasionally we get new variants, but things like No Limit Hold'em, Pot Limit Omaha, people love it. It's a great game. You know, nobody's trying. I mean, there's many variations of chess. Yep. But Fish chess, chess as chess is, is going to remain, right? It's people want to play that. And yep. for me, I want to, I don't mind that everybody else has a solver and I have a solver. It's just like, okay, let's work hard. Let's see who works harder. And that, that's about it, you know? But uh, adding elements to, con- like, to me, it's annoying. If I spend five years studying the game as a crazy yeah. person, you know, just like, really going to school sort of thing and then all of a sudden the solution that a poker site uh, proposes like oh yeah let's change the game yeah like it feels bad right what what, what was i doing right because obviously total opposite they're on complete opposite end of the spectrum i would be freaking out in like yeah this is all yeah (laughs) but i i I can totally understand where you're coming from yeah you put in a lot of work and you just the the solution to it is quite heavy-handed yeah mm-hmm. heavy-handed indeed um what would you say to uh, like a game idea um where at the beginning of a hand i'm just i'm just all right let's I create a new to, game here yeah so you're playing plo normal yeah. plo yeah um but one in every two or three hands, there is a deliberate misdeal of between one and three cards where you get to see three cards exposed from the deck. Mm. Would that be game-breaking for you? But what do you mean? Like dead cards, right? It's nobody's cards. It's not a misdeal. We continue playing, but there's three cards exposed and everybody sees them, right? Yeah. Between um, but every, every, every half, one or two hands, that could happen between one and three cards? Well, I mean, it would be great for me and any skill player is gonna, is gonna benefit from it, right? A yeah. player with more skill is gonna be at a much higher advantage. So why would we create an advantage for somebody who, who is already probably beating the game? 
right? Um, well, like you're creating a system upon where if you're blindly following what a real-time solver is telling you to do, mm. it's going to be suggesting the wrong stuff, right? All right, but the thing is, you know, when I said I'm studying like a crazy person and I'm just mm -hmm. digging deep into, I'm not trying to replicate a solver. I'm not trying to memorize. You no, know? I'm, so, I'm talking about real-time assistance. So oh yeah, real-time assistance. Okay, if we talk about that, I mean, let's face it. If the real-time assistance is there for somebody, just because yeah. the, every third hand is gonna, he has to like. If there's assistance, like somebody's playing with assistance, all of a sudden one one time over three, he needs to make an additional decision. He's still gonna be way on top. That doesn't but solve the problem. Be, it would be obvious, right? It would be easier for game integrity well, to see. This guy is screwing up every time that yeah, that comes out. Maybe. Well, maybe. It's it's if it is for the benefit of the game integrity team, I can see the point. Like if they say, Well, guys, you know what, we have to change the games because we need like we don't see another way how to battle with, with these things. Mm -hmm. I would understand that. I would I would be like, fine, do whatever you have to do. Yeah. Uh, as long as, you know, the games keep running and um do it. Okay, I would so hope it's that a last that's not for you. Yeah, for you, well, it's a last resort. I mean, I hope that this would never happen because it just mm -hmm. seems like it would put recreational player at a disadvantage unnecessarily, and recreational player would have to realize that. You know. Yeah, you got part. You have fourteen raiding. You got to awesome. say thank you to them. Thank you, <laughs> man. With awesome. the plan, man. Yeah. With the plan, likes the solar talk. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. I'm fine. Like whatever mm -hmm. sites are doing, the problem is, you know, some of the things that sites are trying, they kill the yep. game as it is. And when I say they kill the game, they kill the fun for the recreational player. Yeah. And that's the worst thing that can happen. Like to yeah. me, like do whatever Definitely. you have to do to make the game secure. Absolutely. But uh, re like keep it fun for the recreational player. Right. Mm -hmm. Recreational player is there. He he's playing. He knows he's at a disadvantage compared to all the crazy guys uh, studying. But it's a great chance. Like, which other sport can you basically go and compete against the best? Like, you can't just go and and play, you know, a game of uh, a few rounds of golf of golf with Tiger Woods just randomly, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you're ready to pay for it. I mean, this is just not going to happen. Whereas in poker. Yep. You know, but and there's an element of luck and there's an element of complexity because a lot of recreational players come with their own strategies which are supposedly hard for for the pros to play against. You know, so there's always this element of outsmarting this this little challenge. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um so don't kill the fun, I would say, to the poker sites, right? Mm -hmm. Can you give me some examples where you you specifically looked at it and said that killed the fun for the recreational? Um, well, in terms, so I, I can't think of anything that anybody did in PLO specifically. I mm -hmm. didn't investigate like the new games because I, I wasn't interested in them to begin with, right? And you probably yeah. can speak more about those yeah. new games. But like in the casinos, I sometimes see there's some casinos introduce some weird rules because of what whatever reasons, like, you know, the rock, for example, it's very popular in, in some... Uh, in some game, like in Aria, they would have um, basically a button 
that mm-hmm. um, whoever won the last hand, he's always the button. Right? Yeah. Creates a new dynamic, creates an incentive for winning hands, etc., etc. Yeah. But um, you're no longer playing Pot Limit Omaha in a sense. You're playing a Pot Limit Omaha with the rock. Yeah. Um, which is fine if you if you offer me both options. But if you mm-hmm. offer me only one, yeah, then I don't want to play it. And yeah. that's how a lot of recreational players felt about it. And uh, to be honest, I, I was happy about it because many of them went to Bellagio and played higher stakes because Bellagio didn't uh, serve the stakes that they wanted to play. But I feel bad for them because, you know, you come to Vegas, you want to play your game and, you yeah. know, your favorite casino. Let's face it, where we play has to do a lot with habit. As well, we're just used to playing. Let's say on poker stars, we're used to playing on party poker. We're used to playing on whatever site. We're used to it, so it feels comfortable. Yeah. We we just stick to it. Same with the live poker. You know, you're used to your comfy seat in uh, in Bellagio and your crappy food. Uh, you know, you don't want to switch to win and uh, and enjoy your Asian steak. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah. The way you put it out is that as long as you've got the option there. Yeah. So at what point would you start removing the option when there's when no one plays it anymore? Or what point yeah, I suppose would, the, would you always have it there in the, the lobby? Players, the players are supposed to dictate where the direction that the game is going to, right? Yeah, like it has done until now. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's a natural way of, you know, people want to play a game because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, primarily, you know, obviously there's people who are in it f- only for the money, but uh, let's face it, people who are in it only for the money, they're not going to stay there forever because, yeah. you know, as with anything, as you said in, in the beginning, you know, f- with you, for with Twitch, you were in it for the money initially, but then you discovered the element of fun and that's why you keep doing it because mm-hmm. you love it. In the end of the yeah. day, it's not a it's not a drag. It's not like an obligation where you have to like, oh man, another yeah. day of Twitch, kill me. Yeah, if right? if that if it was like that, as someone who's never really had a job other than poker, I wouldn't have lasted a month. <laughs> right, I would have just been like, oh fuck this. So yeah, I agree. Like, fun is what's going to keep it keep whatever it is that's poker related going. Mm. Definitely. Um, and it's also, wanted, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to ask you, so there was a game that PokerStars released uh, and have been sporadically having on the on the client and not on the client, and it's called uh, Fusion Poker. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. Now, you start with two cards, pre-flop, yeah. you get given a third one on the flop, and you get a fourth one on the turn, and then it plays like PLO. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I went into it, there's not someone who's played much PLO. Um, I used to have a few friends in, in Brighton that used to um, get me to occasionally play it and just dump money to them. But other than that, I was it was not something I played. And um, it was a really interesting playing against, because uh, I was playing whatever the highest was running. Most of the time it was, I think it was PL 200. So not really high stakes but still a fun uh, like enough for me to get some blood pumping especially when we get really deep and um i found it very interesting the ways that 
you can tell someone was a Holden player and you could tell someone was a PLO player by how they arranged their hands, how they bluffed, what they called, what like I found that far more interesting and enjoyable than just playing Hold'em or just playing Omaha. Like to have that frill that's only there, I think it was only there for like a month and a half mm-hmm. and then it's gone. What do you, how do you feel about new games that come that are meant to be there only for a limited time only and then go? How do you feel about them? Well, I would suppose if the game catches fire, mm-hmm. it's going to resurface even if it was supposed to be there only for a bit, right? So games would yeah. resurface. Because if we take an analogy, because I think, you know, if we look at casinos like live games, every year... Yeah when you come to Vegas, there's a new game, right? Somebody created a new game and it's always the backstory is, oh yeah, we were just, you know, playing it on the flight with the guys. Seems like a lot of fun. Do you want to look at it? Let's play it. And and it usually is a fun game. You know, they create a drama, they create this and that. The the reality of it is, of course, that's a bullshit story because the truth is they start creating those games in LA say December, January, so that by the time they bring it accidentally to Vegas and say, oh, I just created it right now, they already have like six months of practice and they they already are good at the game, right? So, Mm -hmm. but still, some of those bullshit games that were created with the sole purpose of um, getting an edge against some of the recreational players, because those games are usually just created for the very high stakes, right? You never create... uh, you know, um, a game like this to, to play like one, two, something. Mm-hmm. It's always like one, two thousand or, or, or even higher, right? Yeah. But some of these games have longevity because they're actually fun. Mm-hmm. And every year we see these new games popping up and there's going to be an audience for them. And if there's an audience, why not? All right. So same yeah. with like Fusion or any other variant. I would say try it out. Sure, introduce new games, and especially like the thing that you were uh, describing, this gamification. It taps into a different audience. You know, it's yeah. probably not gonna take the players away from uh, pure Hold'em or PLO, uh, but it might attract some people who would otherwise not be interested in poker because all mm-hmm. of a sudden they have this extra element that feels more like a game. There's there's a bit more fun. In the yeah. end, poker is supposed to be fun, first fo- yeah. first and foremost. If it's not, then it just doesn't have longevity. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. for totally. yourself, you're trying all these new games, right? They, they come up yeah. with a new game, you try it. Yeah. And like you said, you're basically beating them, all of them. And I'm not surprised by that, because I think the skills that you need for beating a game are mm-hmm. transferable because you figure yeah. out how to learn it quickly. You can figure out other games also quickly. Um, but how do you feel about it yourself? Like every time that you try a new game, like what's your approach? How do, how do you how do you do it? Uh, so when when a new game has come out, um, first thing I do is look through the rules. Then I go. Then I try and find a piece of software that for some reason is able to recreate it. So for example, with uh, Fusion Poker, I was able to look at equities running um, against 
So if you have ever used Pro Poker Tools, yeah, you know sure. That one? Yeah. Yeah. So I just use that and only put two cards in and then just have two blank. Right. Mm-hmm. So to to understand preflop equities and then flop equities, the same thing. I just put three cards in and leave the last one blank. And just being able to quickly find a piece of software that ends up working well is going to give you such a huge advantage over everyone very early on Mm -hmm. because if you start to understand okay so um like in six plus if you quickly understand that uh kings and ace king is almost a flip that's a huge piece of information to know Mm -hmm. um and if you know that before (laughs) everyone else like very very quickly you get that huge edge um that's generally how i how i do it but occasionally there is a game that comes along where i I have absolutely no idea how to deal with. So the newest one that's out right now, it's called Swap Hold'em, mm-hmm. where once per hand, you can swap one or both of your whole cards and it plays like No at Home. Now, I wasn't really sure <laughs> where I can figure, how I can figure that one out. So basically the first thing I, I did was realize that the best way to... The most important strategy is to swap as late on as you can because then you have more chances to hit, basically. Do you, mm-hmm. do you understand this? Yeah, yeah. That's the that's rule number one. And just knowing that rule, just getting the first very, very basic things under your belt changes your win rate dramatically. It's like in Limit Hold'em when you start to realize you could have raised preflop in... If if you were if you were raising only preflop back in 1995, you'd kill the games just because you had that in your arsenal where everyone else wanted to limp and see a flop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to realize the first month and a bit that it's out, you just need to focus on those basic important strategies, and then don't take it too far. You don't need to study too much more beyond that because it's going to go soon. So just cash in, mm, <laughs> cash in quick mm. and enjoy it. Right. Enjoy it. And, um, that's what, that's what I did with this, this new game. Um, the difference is that I've been publicly sharing the strategy publicly, which has never really happened before with games. Right. Even six plus it took like over, over a year and a half before any sort of free six plus strategy was out there. In any regard, whereas this stuff, as soon as it comes out, I've given some basic tips. Normally, on the day it comes out. So last time with Swap Hold'em, uh, I immediately made a video for PokerStars School and just put it out there and dropped it in, where I was just saying, "Okay, you need to swap later on." Um, so that's changed things a little bit. I have to admit, it's still good for me. I'm still winning a, a really nice clip. Um, in fact, I would say that people want to come and play higher just to to play with someone that they see as famous for that game, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's that's quite interesting. Like having the PokerStars Spade is definitely me sitting down on a, on a game. I'm much more likely to get recreationals to sit on me. So um, did you ever play Heads Up PLO or Heads Up? No limit on PokerStars. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
Um, so do you remember it used to be you could set any limit you wanted mm-hmm. um, and up to, I think, then 10, 20 and 25, 50, they started adding in some um, King of the Hill element, like soft yeah. King of the Hill. Yeah. Uh, and then they started like completely unpublicly. Um, there was one table on each limit where the tablet players and the mobile players would immediately get put onto. So it was like the Jesus seat of heads up. And no one was told it. And eventually mm-hmm. most of the regs started to figure it out. So you started to battle for that table. Um, it was it was like it, having this spade is like always being on, on that table. So that's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it interesting. Is, I wonder what limit it would stop. Like, uh, so I've been doing this thirty dollars to thirty k challenge. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I've been playing quite low stakes for a while now. I'm slow. I'm getting into mid stakes now, playing some NL five hundred again, which feels nice. Um, I definitely am picking the right time to get back into mid stakes because it's a lot softer at the moment. But. Um, I'm still getting, I'm still definitely getting people sitting only because they see this bait there, mm. which is great for me. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. I'm just thinking here, theoretically, like if I had a spade, would that made a difference? It wouldn't. I, I can't, I can't see it. It wouldn't happen. Like, cause like you said, at which stakes would it stop? I, I it definitely doesn't stop on tournaments. So yeah, well, I've, I've never played like, tournaments though. Yeah, if I if if you're playing, if a new player sits down on a cash table, to be fair, and sees the guy with the spade, and they have, if they quickly figure out what the spade is, they're now gonna play differently, mm-hmm. almost definitely. Now, is it differently in a good way or a bad way? For the most part, I would say it's in a good way because they like to do that. Um, you know, like from Rounders, when Matt Damon starts oh, playing yeah. Johnny Chan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to beat that guy, this hand. I get that a lot, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> it's, it's freaking awesome. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but with a regs, this doesn't change anything, does it? No, I mean, uh, probably people would laugh at you. <laughs> it's like, you know, you got the spade, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's been the longest time when we don't see any spades at uh, 2K plus games. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I think. And in in the inner psycho is like the only one. Oh yeah, right. Inner that. psycho is is the one in in Hold'em part where. Well, yeah. anyway, but that's that's a tangent we went on here. But um, there's a question actually because I I've skimmed the chat a bit and I see. Yeah. Ponytail was asking, or Ponyball, Ponytail, sorry, man. <laughs> Ponyball was was asking, uh, what about real-time assistance for everyone, right? Coming back to our discussion of, uh, you know, that okay. the games need to be secure. And they, I think that's a, like, I would hate this because <laughs> I am also a proponent. This is a human battle, like human against yeah. human. And uh, all the assistance you get for your studies, that's amazing because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the more efficient study techniques, the more efficient approaches, that's all good. That's all, that's all great. Go for it. Right. It, it happens the same yeah. in chess and any, in any sport, any sport where, you know, the quality of your coach, the quality of your material begins to matter. That's a good thing. 
But if everybody's just playing with an assistance, uh, then what are we really doing, right? Where is the human competition here? I mean, obviously, it depends on the, what kind of assistance we're talking about. If it's just like some minor assistance that uh, I can't even imagine anything. But uh, if we're really talking like a bot type assistance, that's just... Uh, they, they, you can get it for, for blackjack, basic strategy. Right, just, yeah, yeah. But the blackjack, you're not playing human against human, yeah, right? No. And blackjack, you know you're going to lose. I mean, guys, yeah. sorry, spoiler alert. If you didn't know, <laughs> you're going to lose. It's it still might be fun, you know. There's you know you still get to win occasionally, like but uh, in the in the casinos they have the two four limit bots, right? You can play two four limit mm. against a bot, but that's like a different form of poker as well. There's mm -hmm. uh, some sort. I I don't know. I never played those games, but uh, well, basically you're just playing two dollar four dollar limit hold'em, but you're playing against the best bot basically. That's yeah. So they haven't, good, basically they haven't got good perfect luck. strategy, but yeah. close to perfect. Yeah, close to um, perfect is going to do it, I guess, against uh, yeah. your average yeah. human player. Yeah. But yeah, interesting interesting idea, though. Assistance for everyone, but I, I, I would yeah. hate it. I, I think that, that would be bad. It's I, like, you I'm know, autopilot sure for everybody in the, in the Formula One. Like, uh, I, what was the point? I'm pretty sure most people would, I, I would presume... At least ninety-five percent of professional poker players would move elsewhere. Yeah, if that was a if that was the case. Yeah, and plus, you know, we've been talking about how it has to be fun. It has to be fun. Like I struggle to mm -hmm. see where's the fun in uh, <laughs> in that. You know. Yeah. No, yeah. but some people, some people enjoy just being told what to do. I mean, look at like well, these can... days with computer games. Yeah. Um. If you when I used to play computer games, I would play the game and then I'll talk to my friends about it. These days, you look at Twitch, for example, most people, before they play the game, they go on Twitch, they watch the other person playing, they watch how they play, they learn how to do all of this stuff before they even played the game these days. It's it's a weird mm. new mindset of, of uh, a game, right? Yeah. Like, what is a game to someone? I remember when my brother first, so I got a younger brother, he's like eight years younger than me. And I remember the first time I saw him watching, I think it was Twitch. And I was like, why the bloody hell are you watching someone playing this computer game? I was just completely dumbstruck by the idea that this was, I don't know, six years ago. I just could not understand why you'd want to watch someone play it rather than play it yourself. What did he tell you? He was just like, I don't know. It's just relaxing. I'm enjoying it. What's the problem? <laughs> and I couldn't get, I couldn't Fair get over point. it. Fair point. Yeah. I couldn't, I just couldn't get over it. And that's just like, an, it's always going to be a generational shift between what is recreational for each generation, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, this, this element of a lot of people are saying like, oh, uh, this romantic idea of there's a new game and the mm -hmm. correct way, the only way, the best way is you approach it as a complete beginner and you figure it out. Yeah. Right? Definitely, definitely a romanticism towards Exactly. Because like if you think about real world, right? Say mm -hmm. you want your kid 
to play tennis. Would you rather send him to a school, get him a coach, or would you say, here's a ball, here's a piece of stick that resembles a racket. Now, go figure it out now, right? Don't watch any material. Don't watch Twitch. Don't watch tennis on TV. Just, here's a ball, here's a thing. Just go ahead. You know, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, if he would become the world champion, it's a beautiful story. You know, my upbringing, you know, my father is responsible for me being the greatest. Ten- but it's never going to happen because let's yeah. face it, you know, you, you have to go to school. You yeah. have to get a coach. And that's the way that real life works. So when poker now, yeah. you know, has all these elements of many schools, a lot of material, a lot of coaching stuff out there. That's a you good thing because it's, it. you know, it, yeah. it, it gives you the opportunity to get to a point where you're competitive much quicker. Right? Definitely, yeah. It's like Tiger, Tiger Woods was like one of the first people in the golf world that really went in at, at golf in a, such a professional sport, sports attitude, right? Mm-hmm. From a young age, he was like... He had the coaching, he was practicing, he was like practicing the all the stances and all that stuff. Like that wasn't being done, but now it's just you have to do it, otherwise you're never gonna get anywhere near. Exactly. And it's the, gonna be it's it's the same with poker almost. Absolutely. I think right now I think there are still many, many live poker players that have never touched a book that are still able to grind it out. But I think I don't think they have long left before they have to start watching some um, videos. Yeah, well, and also, you know, there's um, a lot of people pretend that, oh, I've, I've never talked strategy or something, but that's not true. You know, they might not see the value of talking about hands with other people, right? But they, there is an element of exchange always. I haven't seen anybody um, yeah. who actually lived in the cave and only played the way he thinks he needs to play, didn't share information, didn't ask for advice, and is still playing. It just doesn't yeah. happen. You know, there, there's people who are going to tell it because it's a cool story and it, you know. Well, like it, Bryn Kenny. Well, yeah. Well, like many people who <laughs> would just say, oh, you know, I, I never, I, I didn't study at all. Like, w- yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean study? Did you never, ex- like, did you never discuss a hand? Even with a friend? Yeah. Like, did you never hear somebody talk about their thought process? Like, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, but you've studied. Maybe in a very inefficient and stupid way, but you've studied. <laughs> even, like, rethinking a hand in your head where you either had a bad beat or you felt like you had a bad beat and you're trying to rethink different moments. Even that, I guess, is study. Mm. Hey, we you got learning. Run It Once Poker Hello. rating us with uh, 312 people. Awesome. Thank you hi, very hi. much. Conversation is uh, is getting out of hand, man. We're, <laughs> we're creating new games. We're yeah. discussing. But I think these are important things to talk about yeah. because especially like so many people fear for the future of poker and it's too pessimistic, but we have to... We have to realize that there is a problem. This problem needs to be solved, uh, specifically the security of the games. People need to trust the mm-hmm. site, you know. And that's um, that's got to be like number one. Keep it fun. Number two, okay, maybe even like actually number one is your money safe. Probably is number one rather than keep it fun. 
because even if it's a fun game, I don't want to get scammed. <laughs> so yeah, yeah number one, fun. money's safe. Number two, keep it fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I agree on that. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, what do you think about the move from Run at Once Poker here? They they're raiding my uh, my stream. Yeah. And this is, I, I told everyone that this is the last time I'm streaming a podcast. <laughs> so is it a sign <laughs> you guys want me to continue? Because, I mean, let's, yeah. let, let me make this clear. I am continuing the podcast. I love it. It's great. I enjoy the conversations that I'm having. But I'm moving it away from Twitch into a pre-recorded form as any other sane person would have done it. Because it's just easier with the scheduling. We did it. This is episode 25. We did 25 weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, 6 p.m. CET. I'm here. And try to get a guest to be available. And uh, people are busy, right? Yep. And uh, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're done with doing these stunts. I might still do, because I enjoy, and I want to talk about this with you as well now. Cause, but I want to first so lead into it. I enjoy yeah. this live aspect of the podcast, right? Because it feels yeah. a bit more like radio. We are, first of all, nothing is filtered, nothing is cut. People know it's genuine because yeah. well, this is just a normal conversation. Sometimes we stay, say a stupid thing. Sometimes we make a mistake, but that's just life. And also sometimes we have- the phone um, starts beeping and you feel exactly, like- Exactly, right? And, uh, and then we have the chat, of course, so- it's an interaction. It's it's a real fun thing. Doing it pre-recorded is going to feel very different. And I'm already dreading uh, the day when I'm going to make an episode and I'm not going to have to say, and we're live, as I do all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. I, I'm you curious. You can still say that. Well, I can, still, it would I've, I've be a bit that. weird. And we're live. <laughs> you know? but, okay, yeah. and we're recording. Just, just and we're it. recording, yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I wonder about your experience because you you said that you came into streaming on Twitch basically just yeah. for the money, and then yeah. something changed, and you found the fun and you found the enjoyment. How does it look like for you now? Because it's been two years, right? Almost, almost, almost two years, almost two years streaming. You still love it. So, can you expand on that? Like, how do you see Twitch? Mm -hmm. Uh, from a personal perspective right now for yourself? Uh, so what's better about Twitch rather than recording for, for when you're playing a, a poker session is that you you start to figure out the the atmosphere for what people are wanting to talk about. So if I'm playing um, Swap or I'm playing Spin and Go Max or like I play like pretty much every single game format on on stars because i'm still playing low stakes it's it's i'm, I'm able to beat. i would say every game apart from stud because i suck at stud <laughs> for low stakes i'll be able to play, play it and win so i'm kind of like unlike a lot of streamers that they only stick to, to one format i'm just kind of like yeah let's play this let's play this what what should we play today one time someone got me to play badoogie heads up limit and uh, i wanted to kill him but the chat thought it was funny. It took forever. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, that is kind of what I like about, about Twitch is that you're, back when I first got into poker, um, the bits that I really liked were going over to my mate's house, 
and and playing um we'd we'd set up like either a sunday grind session often they'll be playing sunday million and i'll be playing um heads up cash normally i would end up shotting way higher than i should be and we'd all be like railing each other and all sorts that was what i looked forward to was those sunday evenings and sometimes mm-hmm. saturday evenings and sometimes fridays um and i kind of get that feeling with with uh twitch especially when you hit something big so as you can probably tell most twitch streamers are tournament players um i can definitely understand why they are because i think it was like last week this time last week i i started dabbling in some tournaments um just because there hasn't been something that i've been really focusing on yet uh, and I played a $215 tournament and ended up winning it. But the amount of um, s- the slowly progressing hype made something for me that would have been quite fun. It's now like 10, 10 times, 100 times more fun because mm-hmm. you got like, uh, I ended up having a thousand people watching me take it down. So it's like, so much more fun um in that same session i ended up coming third in another tournament and um uh, bluffing the lot off and punting it all off with free two off which was also like the bad side of twitch because everyone was like oh my god you're so terrible (laughs) but like i i kind of enjoy that i like the trolley aspect of twitch i really like like that that feeling like i know that i'm about to do something if if i do if my bluff does get the chat is going to go crazy at me and laugh at me and it's going to be hilarious but you just got to embrace it and there are highs and there are lows it's definitely a higher variance game than playing poker away from screen i definitely Mm. give it that but i think it's it's worth it for me because i've done my grinding uh, yeah, if I ended up stopping Twitch, it's highly unlikely I'd go back to being professional poker player. Highly mm. unlikely. Yeah, it's interesting. I hear more and more people say that, like people who went into Twitch, uh, yeah. really don't see the joy anymore in poker without Twitch because it does add that element. Uh, it's interesting. I do. Enjoy, I would enjoy it, but it's not not nearly enough would... to just basically be full time, right? Yeah, it would be a yeah. weekend only. I would, I would still do my, like, Friday nights. They're normally quite fun. Um, maybe some Sunday stuff as well. But I couldn't imagine me um, grinding right now. So mm. what was it today? Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, midday. You wouldn't see me on the tables. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the Twitch community because now, actually, mm-hmm. now that we had Run It Once Poker uh, raid our stream, which uh, yeah. was awesome. And uh, it's just so interesting to see how the community uh, collaborates and how because we're all working towards the same goal, right? And if we yeah. think about currently one of the biggest events in, in, on Twitch for poker and especially for PLO is obviously the Galphon Challenge, which is amazing. And uh, yeah can't say thank you enough to Phil for doing this. It's it's great. You know, we all yeah. benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's so interesting to me to see that, you know, how close-knit the community is, uh, how people try to help each other out, because obviously everybody benefits from it. Like, what's your experience yeah. with collaborating with other people on Twitch? Well, I mean, the, 
so when I was first getting into Twitch, like like I said, I was effectively paid to do it. So I wasn't, I didn't bother looking at other streamers. I was just like, uh, it's never something I was interested in, Twitch in general. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to teach people how to play this game and I'm going to create videos. And the video part, creating the videos was the exciting part for me. Um, now, when I started streaming, I had like, I don't know, 15 people, 20 people uh, watching and developing like friendships. Generally, you just start developing friendships with these people. And then you start to wonder what they're up to. Turns out some of them are streamers. Some, So you end up going, okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I see that he's now streaming. I'll go and say hello. Then you end up having a conversation with them, staying around a little bit longer. Then you meet some of their moderators who are also moderators or streamers for another stream. And then you realize it's all inter interlinked. There's, it's way less like competitive compared to the casino brand names. Um, because if, so if you go on browse on, on Twitch, uh, you get all the different game types lined up. Now, if, if you want lots of people in the poker directory, then you need lots of poker streams going on. You need lots of interesting things to bring them into it. And it doesn't matter if, if they're AAA, party poker, poker stars run it once. It doesn't matter who they are as long as it, long as the overall numbers increase to the point upon which when you click that browse feature, you can see poker as one of the options. As long as it's there, you'll get lots of people in coming into the game. A lot. Mm -hmm. um, like if, if you've ever been top of the Twitch directory, you'll start to be able to tell that you're getting a casual Twitch viewer than a casual Twitch poker viewer. Because the first thing they'll say is, are they playing for real money? <laughs> That's normally the first thing you get asked. But you can quickly tell that you are being seen by people outside of the poker sphere, which is the important part, right? The, these companies wouldn't be putting the money that they do into this if you weren't either retaining an audience or attracting a new audience. And it's generally going to be good for poker as a whole. But at the same time, even without that, just meeting people in the chat, chatting to them, ending up to go into their streams, chatting with them, seeing new people, you end up realizing it's all a big one community, one big community. Um, and just inevitably, because of similarities or friendships that created, you end up spending much more time there. So when I used to, when I first got into Twitch, I was only streaming myself and that was it. I wouldn't spend any more time with it. Nowadays, I think I'm at least I'm at least putting in five hours at least a week looking at other people's Twitch streams, which you would not have been able to get me to do mm. beforehand. No way on earth. I mean, as much as I like Lex, I could never have imagined me watching him play tournaments. Just no. <laughs> um, but now I can, so it's it's interesting. All right. And you BM. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just going to say BMI F Sud says, uh, are we allowed to ask James what we think about stars not responding to people's emails for weeks? You can, um, because I know that's happening. It's it's a really big issue, and it's just the sheer numbers of people go at the moment. And don't forget, like this coronavirus thing doesn't just affect 
you. It also affects other businesses and trying to like get people to recruit people in this in these times. It's going to be hard, right? So, you, unfortunately, that's that's what's going on, and um, you just you're just going to be in a queue for a while. There's not much we can do about it. Patience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, one of the problems of having a huge user base is yeah. that you have to deal with a lot of user requests and uh, it's yeah. not always easy. You yeah. know, as in hospitals, you know, you can't just keep staff to, you know, to be able to deal with like a pandemic. You keep yeah. staff for, you know, your nor normal operation and, you know, shit mm -hmm. hits the fan. It's a bit difficult. Yeah. But um, yeah. definitely. And of I mean, course, I, I think they could do a better job in many respects. But at the same yeah. time, if I think at other sites, I can't really, you know, first of all, you can't compare a small site to a big site and say, oh, mm -hmm. these are more efficient. You know, you can't compare your local greengrocers to like a multinational uh, big chain, you know. Yeah. So anyway, why am I even defending them? You know, yeah, answer the know. fucking emails, but guys, you you do have to <laughs> stay patient. Like from, I guess. from from uh, from my um, position, I'm able to kind of get a peek inside. Yeah, and I know that this is an issue that they are really genuinely trying. They're investing in to, so that it doesn't it goes away. Of course, right? of course. And it's not that they're completely ignoring it because that's mm. a really stupid business decision. It's just that. These are trying times, basically. Of course. I mean, it's happening all the, all across the spectrum. So right now, uh, I live in the countryside, and I need. I've got one internet, which is really crappy sometimes, and therefore I combine it with uh, mobile internets, right? So that the stream keeps running. Um, it's called Speedify, and you got lots of. So I I've got my Ethernet cable in there. I've got my mobile phone hub i've got my phone mobile uh, sometimes i use uh, my partner ava's phone as well mm -hmm. so that i've got four connections all all up at the same time so if any of them drop it's got the other three to back up onto now this service has clearly been used clearly being used by so many people right now that i can't use it it's completely unusable it the server that i meant to connect to it, like disconnects more often than my original internet uh so it's just happening across the board where things are getting overloaded to an amount that the supply and demand for things has changed so much right all right. across the spectrum and it it's it's going to reach an equilibrium soon mm. especially for those that are doing much better than they were beforehand it's yeah. just there's going to be a bit of uh, buoyancy i guess mm. until that and turbulence you know now that you are mentioning coronavirus which mm -hmm. uh, of course is hard not to mention coronavirus in the current yeah. situation right but yeah. uh, i think your earlier discussion uh, about how twitch creates this community where basically you guys hang out with each other you know you go to each yeah. other's streams etc etc it adds this element that I was always missing in online poker. You know, for, for a long time, I was predominantly focusing on live games. Just like mm -hmm. really high stakes, a few stops, just the cash games. And um, apart from just the games being good and interesting, this 
social aspect was huge for me because you know it wasn't uncommon that we would you know gather that like the whole table half of the table the regs and the recreational players would just uh, go to some restaurant have a nice dinner have a nice conversation just hang out you know you mm -hmm. play poker and then you hang out kind yeah. of never happened in um online world before on such a level sure there was the two plus plus or there still is two plus plus uh sure there were some other outlets where people would share their ideas etc etc but now with twitch many people can put a face yeah on the name and it's more um probably a bit more personal so it is I would an say interesting that the different it's a huge difference in who's around on twitch poker and, and who's around on the two plus plus and the oh yeah all the skype groups i was in so many different skype groups when i was in thailand and all sorts uh in different areas in england um it's definitely just completely different sub subgroup so in twitch most people who are watching are um either semi-professional to beginner level most of them aren't professionals themselves so it's a very different environment i would say um all the skype groups it was always about strategy to me and then occasionally hey do you want to hang out for some drinks whereas with um with twitch i'd say it's much more people are aware so there's way less ego in twitch as well that helps that's really nice is mm. that people aren't dick swinging it's really, really useful. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Why do you think that is, though? Um, because normally, I guess the the streamer is like often seen as the mentor, almost often. Mm -hmm. I would say so. It helps like create a, it's a, it's a different dynamic. Whereas in a Skype group, everyone's a peer. In the in the Twitch stream. There is one person who stands out above the rest hmm. because yeah. they're on the screen, so they kind of dictate where where things go, and the moderators as well. Like there's a clear there's a clear um, definition of what you are in the chat, so you can be uh, you could be subbed, you could be subbed for a long time. So with the subscriptions, you could mm -hmm. be donating a lot. You could be gifting subs a lot. You can um, become a moderator. You can get this VIP badge things. You can become a Twitch partner. There are many different like ranking systems, uh, like cast systems in Twitch, which mm -hmm. is I I personally don't like them, but they they probably do pretty good <laughs> work in in building a community, probably. If you didn't have any of that, I can imagine the chat going downwards pretty quickly. Hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like obviously Twitch is a relatively new thing, right? So they're also yeah. trying out new things, uh, much like the poker sites who are trying out new games, new variants, new new ideas yeah. to see what sticks. Clearly what they're doing now I suppose sticked, and maybe you know somebody else is going to come up with a different uh, idea, and things going to evolve. But um, with Twitch, so you mean like there's things like Mixer and YouTube does it, and all this stuff, this live yeah. TikTok. That's the new one. Mm -hmm. You got a TikTok? 
Yeah. That one, that one really, really don't get. I mean, every single time these new things come, when Instagram came out, mm-hmm. when um, Twitch came out, when now TikTok has come out and Snapchat, I just saw it and go, why would anyone ever want to use that? And then seven years later, here I am. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah interesting <laughs> yeah. interesting because yeah I, I was you know i started the podcast because yeah. i felt the need to be present on twitch uh because of love the spot right we obviously mm-hmm. want to promote our coaching site we want to promote we want to promote and at the same time i'm not promoting it because i, I don't want to sit here and talk about like guys oh, you need to come and join our school etc if you want to you're yep. going to find us, you're going to join us, and you're the type of person that we're looking for. If I need yep. to sell it to you, then I probably don't need you, right? But yep. um, So yeah, I was, I was doing something on Twitch, and eventually I realized, like, I'm not really enjoying playing. I'm not really enjoying, I mean, not enjoying playing on stream. Uh, I feel the quality is not there because I, I'm supposed to focus on the chat, I'm supposed to focus on the game. I didn't find the right balance between being instructional <laughs> and uh, just doing some entertainment. So it was like kind of all over the place, you know. I would yeah. part of it. I would be trying to go deep into some concepts while talking to the chat, while trying to play hands. It's just a mess. Yeah. You end up having to want like so often when I'm streaming and I want to go really educate. I'm one tabling, mm-hmm. and that's just not something that you're used to like when i was playing heads up cash i'd have at least four tables but sometimes up to 12 tables of heads up going mm-hmm. so it's completely different between one table of six max and up to 12 tables of heads up but you have to put it down to that amount to really get across to the audience every single thing that you're thinking about in my view, like if you're mm-hmm. really explaining a concept that's new to everyone there, and that's what you're here for, if you're there for education, you have to t- tone down, the, you have to remove so much volume. There are so many different types of streamers, right? There are some that are six tabling and they're kind of like being more entertaining. There are some that are 20 tabling but don't really say a word. There are some people who are just playing recreational, whatever they feel like. Um, you you just got to figure out if you're going to do Twitch, you need to be like, okay, what is it that I want to do? And mm-hmm. then base your volume around it, which is obviously not great if you're used to playing high stakes and you'd like to have a good hourly while, while talking. Mm. I can understand that. Yeah, I had to recently think about it a lot because I made this decision of, okay, I'm, I'm taking the podcast away from twitch Mm -hmm. right and i think it's a good decision for the podcast it's going to increase the quality overall and uh i'm sorry i can't give you guys a link right now but you know keep an eye on my twitter keep an eye on my youtube Uh, i'm gonna have links because i'm also creating a mailing list specifically for the podcast because i feel that you know some of the conversations well like today, for example, we're already almost two hours in, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of things there. And sometimes I want to give a recap to people, like my, my top three takeaways, you know, start a conversation about it. And that's what I'm planning in the emails of basically announcing that, hey, there's a new episode out 
And, um, you know, here are the things that I learned from this. And plus it gives me an opportunity occasionally to like once a month or something, do a recap of all the things that I've learned throughout the the month or further down. So I think it's a good thing, right? And it's going to be fun. But obviously when I take it away from Twitch, I still want or kind of more more need than want a Twitch presence, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, like you said, financially, nothing makes sense to me. There's obviously, I'm not going to be streaming, playing 10K PLO because that would be just a ridiculous idea in terms of, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's only like... and I'll watch, I'll watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I know people would watch, but like for me, like how long can I keep it uh, going uh, without yeah. being completely destroyed, you know, because there's only yeah. like a 30-player pool in, uh, yeah. in, uh, at those stakes, so... You know, if yep. if like two of them are watching, you're already pretty pretty bad shape. But uh, well, I learned I learned for Twitch poker playing heads up is really not a good idea. Yeah, I, well, I definitely really wouldn't not. play heads up. That's for sure. Yeah, um, just, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm still trying to find something because, like, I'm sure I'm gonna find something that's fun. You know, because mm-hmm. I stumbled upon this podcast idea. Uh, yeah. 25 weeks ago as we can see episode 25 we did it every week non-stop 25 yeah. weeks ago actually skipped uh, new year's i guess so 26 weeks ago um and i enjoyed it so much kind of stumbled up stumbled on it and enjoyed it throughout and i still enjoy it uh, tremendously so i hope there's yeah. going to be something that i find and um kind of get back to twitch after but uh it definitely needs to be something that I actually have a lot of fun doing myself. And I feel like if you, as as a Twitch streamer, uh, have fun, yeah. it reflects on the audience. That the people will see as well, and they're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, the, good, the really cool thing about if you do um, away from Twitch, the podcast, is that you don't have to time them weekly. You could end up having none for a month and then have five in a week or even two or three in a day if you really were able to get like some top quality people Mm, and then you can stagger it so with youtube often when we do videos we stagger out the videos so that we don't i don't chuck all the the stuff out at once oh absolutely that that is exactly the idea of you know i can basically take like a week fully focusing on the podcast which obviously yeah. hurts poker <laughs> it hurts my yeah. game i mean these things take time right yeah but uh i could do a week and then we have some episodes and and also it, it allows me more time on being more thoughtful and uh, let's say those emails that i want to share with people and you know my my top three takeaways or or things like that so mm-hmm. for a podcast for sure just be doing it offline makes more sense but yeah. I think I'm going to do occasional live episode as well, which is because it's like a radio element. The if you get the right people, yeah. then yeah. it only makes sense. Like if you get myself or you get another Twitch streamer, you're going to have a much better interaction if you do it live. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's 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 why I was – because I, I made a decision already some time ago that, okay, I'm, I'm stopping. And then I knew that – I can get you on today to come on. I was like, oh, this is awesome because it's going to be basically the last episode on Twitch, at least the scheduled one. Yeah. And we talk with a guy who knows Twitch. 
It's been an, mm-hmm. Mr. Twitch, basically, right? <laughs> in, in some ways. Because, I mean, man, two years on Twitch, it is impressive, you know? There's, it's, There's a high burnout rate in this game. Exactly, right? Um, I don't... I, I know a lot of people were saying they get a lot of stress from it, but because I share the channel with two other people, if I need to have a week off, um, last year I needed to have several weeks off, mm-hmm. I can do that, but it doesn't kill the, the channel, right? So a lot yeah. of the problems with Twitch is that if you stop streaming for a few weeks, you, when you come back on, the amount of people who remember you and come over goes right down. You have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the good thing about our our channel being more than just myself. There's, there's three of us. Mm. I do yeah, want to... Shout out to to Ava as well because I I, talk, I spoke about Nick, mm-hmm. um, the other member of OP Poker, but uh, Ava was like she was when we first got to start doing this, we were having lots of tr- so much trouble with things like you're saying like sorting out the emailing lists, um, making nice emails, making nice images, um, thumbnails for the YouTube descriptions links. All the, all the stuff that us as old men have absolutely no idea how to do and then <laughs> takes aid way longer <laughs> than it should do to each, do each thing. Uh, Ava was there and able to help with that. And then uh, very quickly, she became so much a part of the community that she now does runs a um, home game every Saturday where everyone comes over and plays an 11 cent tournament on stars and I mean, it's probably one of the most popular things that we have on our channel now. <laughs> and it's from someone who has very, very little poker knowledge, but is very knowledgeable in in Twitch and how how to... Like the marketing and the media is just as important as your poker skill and your presence in general, you still need to be able to get it out to other. And that's what myself and Nick were hugely lacking was the skill to understand what is Google SEO, what is this, what is that? Like, um, and then at the same time, um, with the home game, like getting an event that people are always coming to. Also, she looks better than any of us. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that helps but yeah it's like it was a a part of the company that we didn't realize we needed until we had it and then realized okay it's invaluable part right Hmm. so we were looking to be mainly a strategy uh site but now we're looking way more to be a a community where people come and Mm -hmm. just chat right and uh play poker and have fun and that is a good way to keep people around, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's inspiring to see like you guys kind of stumbled upon the idea of uh, make the channel a channel, not bound to one individual. That was not stumbled upon. That was very deliberate. <laughs> that was very deliberate. Right. Yeah, I I was n- when I was getting into this idea, my I my kind of my first concept was. I get the ball rolling. I find someone else 
who wants to to who's as good as what I'm doing or better, and I employ them and I'm out. That mm-hmm. was genuinely what I, I wanted to create something that I saw was I thought was a gap in the market and then get out of there. But uh, it turns out it's way more enjoyable. Hmm. Staying. <laughs> yeah. But still, you know, you you covered the bases and you still yeah. have an option of basically continuing the business even if you if you decide to move on. And that's uh, that's great because, you know, a lot of poker yeah. players obviously struggle with this, the, yeah. the transition. Because in many ways, you know, the stories of people like Doyle Brunson are inspiring. Um, but how many people can really spend like 70 years of their life devoted to poker? Yeah. That's just not going to happen very frequently. At some point, people yeah. want to move on. and you Yeah, know, but to, to be fair, he's probably played less hands of poker than you have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> he's played, you know, okay. he's, he's, uh, he's basically part, he's like half man, half table, basically, mm-hmm. right now, or half chair. I don't know. I mean, this guy's been, <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's inspirational, but it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And if you yeah. think about like a lot of people, sort of realize that they need to quit too late yeah definitely. and also don't have anywhere to fall back like they don't have anywhere to quit to because they were so focused because you have to be you have to be completely immersed into this one thing which is your thing which is poker i would it depends on how if you're playing 10k plo yeah you do but if you're playing 510 live you don't need to be focused you can have a three months off gap like vacation and then come back mm. and still be all right. But when you, when you're saying what you're saying shouldn't be for the chat, a lot of the chat might think really, but like if you're playing 100 and L 200 L on, you can have, you can have a few months off. Don't worry. The, yeah. the games will still be good when you come back. But th- what this guy is talking about is high stakes, nosebleed stuff. And, uh, yeah, you you can't you can't skip a beat there. Mm. Well, even though you sort of can, I mean, okay. a lot of the pressure that we put on ourselves of believing we can't take a break uh, is just subjective, right? Because mm-hmm. actually, yesterday when I was doing the commentary for uh, the Galfan Challenge, somebody asked in the chat. I, I think it was Schuller, who's also actually streaming, uh, streaming PLO. Uh, mm-hmm. he asked in the chat, like, hey, where have you disappeared? I was like, wow, people actually are paying attention. Because I actually disappeared from from uh, Poker Stars. I didn't play uh, poker for about a, uh, a week and a half. <laughs> Without, like, you know, there's no yeah. big deal. But, you know, to somebody who sees, like, oh, wow, a week and a half, he disappeared. He really disappeared, right? Because it's obviously uncommon for... You know, in the high stakes, we see basically the same faces every day. And you can pretty much know who takes one day off per week, who takes two. But there's nobody who's basically away for like a week or more. And uh, so, yeah, yeah and I was I was away. And today I played. I, I don't feel, uh, you know, that that week, that week helped me, if anything. You know, I'm more fresh, I'm more eager go. to play, and uh, it's all good. So it's not like you can't take a break at the higher stakes. Mm-hmm. I actually often take a break. I used to take a break quite often with my live poker travels because I see it very different. You know, online poker and live poker, it's such a big difference. It's a different game in many ways. Yeah. 
I mean, it is a completely different game. Like a really important skill in, in life poker is um, creating a, a fun table dynamic. If you're, if you're like sitting on a live game and you're draining the atmosphere, if you're like sitting and you're just on your iPad or reading a book or whatever, you're, you're like taking away expected value because if you're at least being interactive with other people, they, they're often going to stick around for longer or something's going to happen, at least to do that. Right. Whereas in online poker, you can just be 24 tabling and not notice anyone if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But still, I mean, we are in yeah. the business of, uh, you know, making the recreational player have fun. They're there to have fun mm -hmm. in the end of the day, you know? And yeah. So it has to be, I mean, the least you can do online <laughs> don't say stupid shit about other people in the chat especially if these other people are recreational players like whenever somebody like yeah. recently somebody at at uh, 5k plo right yeah. i've never i've never expected a thing like i never th saw a thing like this before yeah. 5k i mean you know recently obviously before you had all sorts of chat going on but recently so anyway there was a recreational player he made a a big suck out, you know, but it's a spillo. These these things happen so Definitely. often. And then yeah. one of the regs just went on a complete rage thing. And I was like, dude, are you like, what, what the fuck is going on? Are you 12, 12 years old? Or like, how did you get here? I mean, you've been here for years. All of a sudden you decide to went off now. And like, you ruined yeah. this thing. You know, this guy, like, cause sometimes we sit for like eight hours. There's no game. You're waiting for somebody to join. So all of a sudden he joins. Yes, he got lucky. Uh, I mean, get over it. It's going to happen. Yeah. And then you just basically make sure that he doesn't want to join ever again, probably, because you ruin it for him. I mean, he, he mm -hmm. can go to another site. He can do something else. But it's just so stupid. Such a short-term thinking, you know? And uh, Yeah, I'm kind of worried about that because if people do do that and it does make them move away then obviously the, the sites are going to start taking away chat completely. Yeah. It's just obvious for them to do so. I mean, Run It Once did it. Um, right. But Run It Once also right. has the the anonymous aspect. So sort of chat in mm -hmm. the anonymous way is uh, probably going to be a bit more toxic to begin with because there's no barrier for somebody to say something <laughs> because like the next day nobody knows who it was uh, so <laughs> yeah. probably that's for the better that they remove the chat yeah. right but yeah, uh, if it's anonymous, yeah, makes much yeah they probably put some thought into it and thought hmm so nobody's gonna know who this person was <laughs> when they say something and we just have to like moderate the whole thing nah it sounds like too much work yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I completely yeah. awesome from man this. so interesting and um one final thing i want to touch upon because we kind of glossed Go over ahead. it you you said that whenever a new game comes out yeah almost the first day you create material about it you create a video yeah. you create a, what's in it for you like what why why are you doing this um there was there's no one telling me i should do that but I feel like it's the best 
if I don't do it, someone else will is one thing. But also, I when a new game comes out, I'm hyped and I want to tell everyone else about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm immediately like, sometimes I'm told the day before something's going to come up tomorrow. You might want to check that out. So I already can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as it's there and I'm like, I can play it, I'll immediately record it, say my thought process on it and just chuck it out there. Now, um, luckily for me, I haven't looked like an idiot. So I know a few other play- other people have done that before. So I know so Ben CB did it, uh, Jane Andes did it with the new games. Um, but when they what they said about it was so like after a few days of playing was so off from what the actual strategy is, which made me kind of laugh about it. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, I've been able to keep it simplistic enough to not go that deep. Like I have to retrain my mind to go from, I can't think that deep in Combinatrix because not only is none of the players have a clue what ranges they're going to be playing, they're going to be changing the range every hand. Um, You just have to look for the basic things. You have to say the basic things and you have to put their basic things out. You don't go too crazy on it. And it definitely helps me immediately focus my attention on what I need to prioritize on. So it definitely helps my win rate having to create quick content because it immediately makes me focus on, okay, what is it? What is the number one tip or trick in this game that's going to help me, right? Mm -hmm. And then you focus on that. And that's all you need to focus on for the first month. As long as you've got that, that's all you you need to win, really. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's not after it's only after a few months that people really start to develop be- deeper strategies. I mean, Swap Holdem's been out for over a month now, and it's it's still whatever limit is playing, uh, there there is going to be someone that doesn't understand the most basic concept that that you should be looking at. So what I said earlier, being able to swap as late as possible, so allowing yourself the the mo- the highest possibility of hitting with the up to four cards you have available. So you just take it as far as possible. And they just don't realize that. And they're losing such a huge edge. It makes the games good. That's all you needed to focus on. Yeah, mm. yeah that's so it's, interesting. It's, it's good for me because mm-hmm. it really forces me to go, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, right. of course, because you need to simplify it for presenting mm-hmm. it so you actually dig to the core. And of course, yeah. the fact that you're always playing the new games and always trying to figure out that's a you know a skill that you've developed of basically taking a game trying to find that essence of it uh so yeah that's super interesting yeah yeah it's good fun and just i mean i I enjoy that yeah i mean it sounds fun like i can totally because like recently i did um, a video about um uh six card plo yeah and i I can't play that yet it's not available in uk i'm so oh Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, uh, when you can, check out my yeah. video. <laughs> right? I mean, it was just really, I, I went with zero preparation for it. And I nice. I thought like, well, let's just have some fun. Let's let's play six, back, uh, six card PLO and let's see what happens. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So I could totally see how much fun it could be to actually take these games. Because I'm even thinking about playing six card PLO 
again just for fun mm -hmm. maybe making another video but uh it really seems a lot of fun you know this discovery process of of going into yeah. like a beginner yet from with with all your experience from other games and other forms of poker um it's quite fun yeah i mean the level of the best players on that game is going to be a lot like less than the best players on oh, absolutely. Other, yeah. other games in terms of how well they understand the game. But at the same time, everyone is a lot worse. So therefore, the best player has actually got a better win rate there. I mean, a lot of these games, when they're, when they're new and when people haven't really figured them out, the win rates you can get are obscene. Um, so I'm on this new game uh, swap. I've been. I think I'm at like 45 BB per hundred. So even even though I'm playing NL 200, that's still a nice. That's still a nice hourly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean that's like 4.5 BB at two, uh, 1020. So you know it's still nice. And then Nick, the other guy in our uh, OP poker, is winning at 70 BB per hundred. <laughs> so 70 BB per hundred. Jesus yeah. Christ. And what what yeah. is the volume like? How what's the sample here? Uh, for me, it's we're getting up to, I think, 15,000 hands. Wow. Um, for Nick, I, I think it's somewhere in the region of that as well. But it, the main reason our volume isn't that high is because we're just constantly doing other stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you know how much work these things take. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, if I was grinding it full time, I, I think you can get, you can easily get two 3K hands a day. Yeah, speaking of three hands a day, actually, let me address one thing that uh, uh, one of the viewers here in the chat mentioned: the bum hunter's life is tough. You know, basically <laughs> suggesting that uh, you now I'm doing yeah. a bum hunter lifestyle. Yeah, which is obviously a matter of definition, but uh, yeah. the reality mm -hmm. of the high stakes games, unfortunately, what it is right now is that you sit there. You wait for the game to start and the game doesn't run. Like very mm -hmm. often we would be like, you know, you can sit, sometimes the whole day you sit, there is no game like that, you know, that's it, nobody's playing. Um, so does it mean that's a bum hunter lifestyle? If that's the definition, then pretty much nosebleed games online are bum hunting uh, lifestyle for everyone. Which I is had a really, really interesting experience last night so mm -hmm. last night i thought i'd play some cash for the first time in a while i sat some two five cap mm -hmm. so i you know i know how to play short stack so i thought i'd start with some cap uh, i sit down um after about 20 hands most of the the regs that were open sitting stopped playing because at first they presume i'm going to be a fish i got the stars pro thing so i must mm -hmm. be but then after a while, they realize, okay, it's not going to be. So they just sit out. Uh, then I finally got someone to play like heads up. I said, okay, we can play slow, right? So less hands per hour, less rake. Um, just so that the game will run, right? Mm -hmm. Once, like if, if you're not sitting there, then, then the recreationals won't join. If you're playing already, you're way more likely to get a game from personal experience. Maybe yeah. not at the highest stakes, but... Um, a two five. If as long as there's two or three people on a table, the game will happen. Now, mm -hmm. the really annoying thing was we were playing heads up, 
And then another guy came and sat down and sat out. He was just sitting there, sitting out. And then finally a recreational did come and sit. And the guy who was sitting out left the table, took the Jesus seat on the other guy. <laughs> so we'd been playing and raking for this mm-hmm. guy to get the Jesus seat. And I was tilted. I was livid. <laughs> I was like, you mother. <laughs> yeah. It's been such a while since I've played those kind of games where you, the, the amount of rake, the, the regs are never going to be able to win off each other at that li- limit. So we mm. were just kind of playing and waiting for someone yeah. to join. And you sort of put your finger on on the core of this problem, really, because what, <laughs> what happens at the high stakes, what we do is basically, if we're talking about the six max environment, yeah. right, the yeah. six player tables, there's going to be two people sitting at the table. That's it. The third guy yeah. joins, either we mm-hmm. play three handed or somebody's leaving. There is no way we will allow. I mean, occasionally, obviously, there's somebody who doesn't know this unwritten rule, but we make sure that he finds out really quickly, because that's not a behavior we want to support. You know, if you are one of the two guys sitting at the table, it means yep. you're ready to play three-handed. Because well, people will try, people will test you. They will come over on the table and and try and see. You know, are you going to leave or are we playing? You know, and it's. You know, for for example, myself, I would mostly be playing, but sometimes I'm not playing because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the time of the day when I'm anyway not planning to stay too long. I'm having a lunch coming and it's exactly the same for all the other people. You know, sometimes people want to play and battle, sometimes they don't. So those kind yeah. of lobbies, they fluctuate like this. There's going to be people holding the table. There's going to be people uh, just kind of waiting for the game to start but we definitely don't want to see a third guy or what's even worse sometimes we play three people at the table just keeping it open and keeping it alive for maybe like sometimes it takes 45 minutes before anybody joins and the game starts really going but so we would be paying rake 45 minutes yeah um and if there's somebody sitting at another table which is not running that is just such despicable behavior because listen you're not contributing (laughs) at all to keeping this game alive and then you're doing this shit and the problem with poker stars four table policy is that sometimes you know we're keeping tables alive and we already like all three of us are capped at four tables we have four tables so we can't go to that table and kick this other guy out completely agree with that I, I, i definitely need to uh, share my frustrations with it like i i've never been a six max player i mean I've, i have played some five ten because there's been like absolute crazy guy that i've just played heads up that moved to it but only in those exceptional circumstances but coming into it and seeing how this is this is the way people are making the money there it put me on absolute life tilt that this guy was just waiting there sitting out knowing that someone is going to eventually join and immediately switch over get the jesus seat and yeah. then start playing oh uh, my word it, like and that's only going to happen because of the the cap thing right mm, so you need to change yeah, that yeah exactly well although yeah. i mean the cap thing is is good, good in some ways as well i actually mm. like the cap thing but it sometimes does become annoying when you know you can't eradicate this yeah. Sort of ungamesmanship uh, behavior from some of the players, even though, I mean, I have to say that high stakes environment 
for the most part, is pretty clean. Like, guys really respect the sort of unwritten rules because we all know that, listen, we're, we're all here to play. We want the game to run. And if yeah. you want to be an asshole, sure, let's battle three of us for a week and just bleed out slowly to the rake because, like you said, I mean, nobody's really making money. Um, and uh, well, he, yeah. the, the, the worst thing was we were playing heads up and he was sitting out. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But the, the thing is, you know, with the four-table policy, obviously we can immediately close that table, open a new one, and we just keep yeah. doing it. And if he's actually going to, like, nobody's going to, you know, Okay. Keep so that's my next that's my next move then. Yeah, I just you should definitely close the table like as soon as there's one guy who's basically behaving in a such a way just close that table open a new one if you if you can. Cuz as soon as you you both sit out like the other yeah. two guys sit out the game has 30 seconds to restart if it doesn't then table's dead and, uh, and off you go. All right. Nice. I'm, I'm going to use that in a bit. <laughs> going to go Check awesome. Out. awesome yeah anyway like james it. listen it was so much fun um let's wrap it up i i yeah. see we went over a two-hour mark um do I'm you want to where can people find you first of all and um uh, we got a twitch channel that's probably the best place to start so okay. if you um it's op underscore poker on twitch so if you go into the search bar and do op underscore poker you'll find our twitch channel um, where there's normally someone streaming every of the week. Mm -hmm. um, and then our Discord is also pretty pretty massive. If you want to talk about new games specifically, it's like a really it's pretty much the only place where in with these new games there's any strategy being talked about on the internet that's free. So you should definitely check that out if you're enjoying stuff like Swap Hold'em. Um, there's a game that's just coming out in the next few days called La Course. So if you see that and you want to start talking strategy on that, then you know where to go. Come over to our Discord. Um, it's all free, so don't don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, we got like four thousand people in there at the moment, so a lot wow. of people. Um, and if you're asking whether I do coaching and stuff, I do not. I'm sorry, I'm too busy. <laughs> all right, but still, you you're putting free material out there for people to watch, so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, guys, go ahead, follow them, uh, and I'm stuff. of course I'm gonna put all the links in the YouTube uh, description. Uh, and speaking of YouTube description, for those of you who didn't hear it earlier, this is my last scheduled podcast. I'm not doing them on Twitch. From basically, this is the last one. This is it. Right, we're. <laughs> definitely continuing with the podcast we're definitely gonna bring you a lot more uh interviews uh but they're gonna be pre-recorded and they're gonna be on youtube and they're gonna be on itunes and we're gonna have a mailing list where you can subscribe for specifically the podcast material and some top three tips or you know things that i've learned from the podcast and those things will be written by me so all opinion all opinions are mine. All mistakes are mine. Uh, and of course, I have a lot of great people helping me with producing this podcast. And uh, so we hope to keep bringing you good stuff. And awesome. uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye out on that. I don't have any links to share with you yet about where you can subscribe for the email list. But if you follow me on YouTube or if you follow me on Twitter, 
then you'll find it. Have you got anyone lined up? Anyone um, in your sights? I've got a bunch of people that I really want to talk to, but I've been so busy um, organizing this whole thing, this mm -hmm. transition, that I, I didn't uh, didn't have time to arrange any interviews. But we have two pre-recorded ones. We're gonna launch with uh, Elliot. Uh, Elliot Rowe was was here. Awesome. We did it live last week. It was so I bet much that one's fun. A good one to listen oh to. man, it was it was incredible. I, I have such respect for this guy now. Uh, it's just, um, it was brilliant. Yeah, so that episode, you know, you guys should be really looking forward to that because, you know, I you should explain who Elliot is to the chat. Yeah, well, if you guys don't know, uh, Elliot Rowe is pretty much top of the food chain when it comes to uh, poker mindset and performance coaching. He he worked with some of the, some of the greatest uh, in the sport and, you know, the results are great. But beyond that, it's just like a, as always, we were just having a conversation and it was so inspiring, so interesting. And um, I really yeah. like that one. I have another one with Leszek Badurovic, who is also a performance coach. That's actually pre-recorded uh, quite a long time ago. So yeah, we have a couple episodes lined up and they're coming out. And uh, we still haven't published actually with your uh, an episode with your colleague, Mason Pye, who's mm -hmm. also a Poker Stars ambassador. We did it a couple of weeks ago, and I think we're publishing it today. So anyway, okay. there's a bunch of stuff, but yeah, and there's going to be new guests, and uh, maybe some of the guests are going to come back again, and uh, we're going to discuss some other things. So awesome! Uh, just a quick question: what what limits would I find you at PLO? Because I got to, um, I got to like, I feel like I need to defend the honor of the stars badge at some okay. point. And you're gonna like, bring the badge finish, to the table. When I'm gonna finish this thirty to thirty k challenge, then I'll start right. playing high stakes again with the uh, badge. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would be awesome. Bring the badge to yeah. the table. I mean, I'm mostly I'm sitting. If I'm sitting, it's gonna be the lower the better. <laughs> two k two k plus. Uh, oh, so okay. it would be two k plus. But uh, okay. you know, for your badge and to honor your thirty k challenge, I, I can go lower and we fucking twitch it. About that, <laughs> let's let's go for it. I mean, I'm game. Yeah. That's uh, that's gonna be a fun session on Twitch, and uh, you know well, we bring you bring the badge. Uh, I, I I bring uh, I bring myself to your table. You Do know? they still have Hold'em Pillow mix? Probably, yeah, probably. That'll be fun. I, honestly, my my Pillow game is non-existent. So. <laughs> I mean, I I I I'm pretty sure with that vision tool that um, Phil Galvon has, I might get. A little bit better. I'm gonna yeah. try that out. Good luck. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, no, you're gonna get, get. But no, no, no. It's it's not bad. I'm saying. I'm not okay. saying the tool is bad. I'm I'm just saying that. You know, the game of PLO, because like obviously you've been discovering new games so much, yes. right? And as you know, with any game, like the first few months probably the ceiling is so low that basically yeah. once you know the basics, you're you're up there. You're yeah. you're the top, right? Yeah. With PLO, with all the tools, with all the material that's available, I mean, not one tool is gonna make a beginner player uh, into a top player. I don't think I'd be a beginner player. I think I think if I just jumped into like either a fifty zoom or a hundred zoom PLO, I should be able to beat it. Somewhere well, in that region. Well, in that case, then uh, Visions is definitely one of the tools that could help you tremendously. 
because it is it is it is a great tool. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and again, I mean, we we had that long discussion about all the solver based things, etc. And you know, I'm sure yeah. you are well aware of of how to process this information, how to how to use it. So as a tool, for sure, yeah. And there's there's other tools out there as well. We're we yeah. live in a beautiful time when you know you're spoiled <laughs> for choice from one yeah. perspective, and at the same time, it's not yet at a point where you can take one tool and you're guaranteed success because that's just not going to happen. There's so much more to it. So it's a beautiful thing of when, you know, people are still there discovering ways of mm-hmm. becoming better. And uh, that's that's cool. I mean, I just noticed you do co- coaching for profits. Maybe we, yes. Can, yes. maybe we can figure something out. Maybe well, you want to coach me a bit. Well, we can, <laughs> we can probably. I mean. <laughs> That'd be fun. Damn it! We, you know, you're good at this. You're you're seeking new ways, <laughs> <laughs> new new avenues, and uh, yeah, I like I like how your mind works. You know, you're, yeah. I mean, like this is a, like I have been out of the high stakes. Like I only like briefly nudged into the high stakes bit for a while with heads up cash. I mean, I had some problems where I broke my back and had seizure when I was getting really really uh, to the high stakes community. Mm-hmm. So all of my friends who are from that are now like Bitcoin millionaires and don't play anymore. So it would be nice to get back into, and you know, it's it's quite hard to get back into the sphere of people who are top, right? I'm not, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there's no one in my circle that I would say is at that level anymore. When I used to, it used to, I used to be surrounded by that. Right, so it would be cool to bridge the gap, even if it means I have to give some profit away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's an interesting point that you're making because, like, reaching the you know reaching the high stakes is such a journey, which a lot of people don't even realize, like what what it means. And mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of yeah. people, that is an aspiration. But once they realize what it takes and what it means, they realize, well, I don't really need it. Because there is also a a thing about like, you know, where's the motivation of uh, why are you making money? Like, why do you want to play high stakes? You know, for a lot of people are, you know, of course I want to play high stakes because I want to make a lot of money. Like, yeah. but how is it going to make you feel any different if you if you make like fifty thousand a year or you make five hundred thousand a year? Are you really going to feel? very 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 different is your life going to change all of a sudden you know so th- yeah. there are so many interesting aspects to it and uh, there are so many different approaches of you know some people are looking at the idea oh i need to share my profits to to learn now i better do it myself so the question is like okay so what's your aspiration i mean coming back to you know sure you can learn everything yourself but yeah. why would you Miss the opportunity to use the tools, the information. You know, we have yep. so yeah, many I mean, parallels with with other sports, uh, etc. That it it is clearly always, yeah. ridiculous to not seek out a coach. Whereas in poker, it's still like not generally accepted as obviously that's the way to go forward. Definitely, yeah, I completely agree. Awesome, James. Listen, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, yeah. I re- I'm really happy that. You know, you were the last 
live guest of this podcast because we had such a fun. Oh, you're making me blush. Oh. No, no, but really, we had such a fun discussion about what Twitch is and the future of poker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I feel like this is a perfect discussion for the last Twitch episode. And uh, to be honest, you know, after even after the episode with Mason, you know, I was feeling like, oh man, I like Twitch. I wanna. I want to find something to do in this sphere. And, uh, you know, once the podcast is off, I'm going to do something else. And today you definitely reinforced that idea. And I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to seek a way to to continue putting out material here on Twitch. Because yeah. even like today, the chat was awesome. Uh, you know, it's so great to have, to have a conversation with people. And it's just, it's a great community. And have you not thought about like, reaching out to other streamers like doing a like basically a one-off coaching session or something along those lines i might i mean again i i need like the way i see it i need to find something that i'm gonna be passionate about like something that's gonna bring me joy like i'm not so interested in i'm definitely not thinking in terms of what will bring the biggest audience what would be the best promotion i don't care about any of that like because i know that if i find something that i'm gonna like then I'm basically no, going to do it for a long time, right? But um, mm-hmm. I still haven't thought about what I'm going to do because I've been busy with, you know, all these changes with the podcast and what we have to do because, of course, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Uh, but once that's done, I'm definitely going to research cool. some of these ideas. And like you said, this idea of coaching somebody on on a stream might be interesting. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so we'll see we can talk about it and we'll see yeah. okay. awesome I enjoyed right. it yeah. James uh, thanks again um, guys I wanted to say I'll see you next week but uh, no <laughs> in fact no I'm gonna you know you'll see you'll see something next week on YouTube that's for sure and uh, now we're gonna be also on iTunes uh, that's also good but I'm not gonna see you next week on Twitch GG well played oh well yeah but i'll be back soon (laughs) all right guys uh thank you all uh bye see ya